Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He was a tremendous teacher. Oh, I wish you could have heard him. He was a little more of a preacher than I am, but he could real teach. Got his master's degree in counseling way back in the 50s, which was unheard of in Christian counseling. He was an administrator of a college, the Bible college. He was a brilliant man, but he was a humble man. I never heard him complain about having to do all of the work in the church. I often thought if he had more help, what in the world that church would have been? Most people in the church seem to take it for granted that the pastor takes care of everything. All of the spiritual needs of the church, counseling of all kinds, all of the praying, and of course, all of the preaching and teaching. Maybe this is why there's such a high burnout rate for pastors. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the gift of service and how vital it is to the healthy operation of the local church. You'll hear what the traits of someone with this gift are. Who knows? He could be talking about you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his series called Motivational Gifts. Sometimes when we think of a servant, and then you think of a leader, they don't go together. But really, servant leadership is biblical. On the night when Jesus showed us what it was like, he humbled himself. You see, if we're going to be a leader, it starts with being a servant. It doesn't work the other way around. Everyone in this room serve. That's the basis of everything. We begin Romans chapter 12, verse 7. If it is serving, let him serve. So here's these seven gifts again. You'll see them there. They're equal. They're equal in value. That's what makes up the body of Christ. Prophecy, teaching, service, exhortation, giving, organization or leading, and mercy. Now, every Christian has at least one of these seven gifts. Most Christians have a primary gift combined, mixed with one or two, maybe even three of the others. There's one that comes to the top. In the body of Christ as a whole, some gifts are much more prevalent than other gifts. For instance, there's many more servants than there are pure leaders. Obviously, a leader is also a servant. 
there's many more servants than there are prophets. And that's just the way God has designed the body. All gifts involve serving one another. We're all working together as a unit. And we serve with love and for the common good. So what is our goal? Our goal is to discover, to recognize, to acknowledge, and finally to use your gift. That's why you're here. It's to discover and recognize and go, aha, that's me. Wow, I didn't realize that. But not just to leave and say after whatever it takes to go through there. Man, I discovered my gift. Good. What are you doing with it? Well, nothing. I discovered my gift. No, that's, you'll see you're wired to use it. Until you use it, if you're not using it, you're not complete. It just doesn't make sense. Now, remember the motivational gifts that we talked about are divided into doing and speaking. Both of those. First Peter 4.10 says it like this. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Notice that. Everyone here in the body, each one, each should use whatever of the seven gifts, doesn't matter what they are, to do one thing, serve. So whatever gift you have, service is the thing that brings it all together. Each as he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So all of these work together out of this serving as kind of a base. It kind of moves us into the body of Christ. Remember, we put on the glasses, the sunglasses. As you look at life and then you look at the different people here, your gift colors how you see things. A prophet That's how they see things. A server sees things this way. A server constantly, this is the definition, constantly sees opportunities to do practical, kind of the emphasis is on practical, practical things for others. And how does that work? They show their love with deeds rather than with words. So this server is one that it's the things they do that bring pleasure to them. And it's easily seen. So, back to Mr. Potato Head for a second. We talked about that the prophet, some people equate the prophet to the eyes of the body. The server, many people equate to the arms of the body. The server is the one that you can see things happening. They make things that they see a need and they do something about it. They do it with their arms and their hands. They reach out and fulfill that area. We'll talk about all those different gifts as we move through. You say, well, if we're all servers, what is the real server with that gift kind of look like? Let me give you some things, and we'll go through eight or nine, but just see if this sounds like you. I do useful, helpful things for people. I show my feelings by what I do for others more than what I say to them. I prefer doing a job rather than delegating it to someone else to complete. I often offer to assist people 
in practical ways. If that sounds like you, then we're going to look at some of these characteristics of the gift of serving. Number one, the server easily recognizes and meets practical needs. This person with the gift of service, they see something and they quickly meet it. It's important as they go through and they just have an eye for it, they see this has to be needed and they just go and begin to do it. Now, often they don't need to be asked. They just see it and they do it. It's part of their built-up. That's kind of the way they're wired. A person without this practical gift can just walk right on by it, but not a server. They see it, and they have to do something about it in a practical way. Now, this gift is often mixed with another gift, and some people equate this as a separate whole gift. I'm I just going to put them together. I'm just using these seven gifts, and I'm going to put this together. This gift is often mixed with the gift of helps. Romans 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. I ask you to reserve her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and to give her any help she may need for you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me, says Paul. So she's been a huge help. What you'll discover in ministry, look at 936. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated as Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. Serving is a ministry of helps. Lots of practical ways. It could be outside the church. You love welcoming people into your new subdivision. You love to serve on committees, and you get involved in all those things. Maybe you work in a hospital as a volunteer, and you love to serve in that hospital. Here in the church, how does that function? Well, in the church, all kinds of practical ways. Serving at volunteers in many, many, many areas of the church. You have to understand that most organizations in our world can't survive without servants, volunteer servants. They just couldn't survive. And this church, be absolutely impossible for this church to survive without the hundreds and hundreds of people who volunteer to serve their respective areas that God's gifted them to do. You're in here, you have 400 kids over there. Think What a blessing that is for you, because you can sit here and pay attention to me rather than your child, right? Man, don't forget to mention that for Easter. We try to have our kids in the back here. It's not because we don't like kids, because we do like kids. And by the way, if they voted whether to be in here or over there, which do you think they'd vote for? You think they'd vote in here? It's too long since you've been a kid, for sure. There's somebody even leaving because they can't stand. They're going right on over. (laughs) Don't the rest of you leave me now. Cut it out. So just think of that. They're over there being ministered to. It's a beautiful thing. How are they being ministered to? We've got hundreds of volunteers that love kids. And they're helpers. And they're teachers doing all those things. The youth. When you get out of here, when you leave this building... Are you glad we uh, have a policeman out there? Sure. And all the volunteers that help you, all the parking people that help you, the ushers, I mean, the whole thing. You can't start, we'll 
the rest of the meeting listing all the ministries. But that's what it is, the gift of helps. Second thing about this person, they're usually a detailed, meticulous, perfectionist person. Now, why is that? See, a server just doesn't see a need and go, man, I got to meet that need. But a server sees a need and wants to do it right. You don't really want a server that just wants to get something done. You want, especially, by the way, if you're in the medical field and you go to a doctor or a dentist or an eye guy, do you want somebody that just wants to kind of get it done and, or do you want somebody to do it right? I want somebody to do it what? Exactly right. I want that person with a gift that meticulous, kind of special care. This is the way a servant is. When they do something, they want to do it right. That's just built into their nature. They have that. Actually, most people in the health field, that's the gift they have to start with, is service. Because they love helping people. That's what it's about. Now, number three, enjoys Practical or manual projects or jobs. They just enjoy good things taking place. Keep your finger there, and we'll be back in a moment. Turn to John chapter 19. Of all the motivational gifts, the server has the greatest ability and joy at working with their hands. Doesn't mean they have to be incredibly gifted with their hands like a painter or an artist or a craftsman. That also is true. But it's simply just working with their hands. And yet the motivation isn't with their hands. The motivation comes from their heart. You see, the motivational gifts motivate us to do something. But it isn't just with their hands, it's with their heart. In Mark 15, it says Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Look in John 19, skip on down to verse 38. Same kind of thing, told you a little bit that Joseph of Arimathea was a prominent member of the council. I mean, he's way up there. So this will destroy your idea. Well, somebody that goes way up here doesn't serve. No, it's exactly the opposite. When you're way up there, you must exhibit serving. It says in verse 38, later Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus. Remember him? The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Now Nicodemus, who was also way up in the Pharisees, brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. In the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. So here's Joseph of Arimathea. He's a member of the Jerusalem Council. He has this incredible practical thing that he's going to do. He asks permission for the body of Christ. He does it. And he and Nicodemus, they use their hands to do a practical gift of service. Now, why did they do that? Because they just loved God so much. And they served. And they did a practical thing. So, again, 
this person enjoys practical kind of things. Manual. No teaching. No evangelism. In this particular case, just manual projects of love toward people. Number four. Loves serving and supporting others in leadership. This person, basically a server with the pure gift of serving, is more a follower than a leader. Now, don't misunderstand me when I said all leaders have to be servants. But these people are more followers. They simply love to function by supporting others. Being delegated to, they'll take responsibilities, and they'll focus using their gifts. Timothy was one that kind of did this very much for Paul in a younger time. Notice, Philippians 2.22. But you know that Timothy has proven himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. So as a young understudy, Timothy just served Paul. Later in Paul's ministry, in fact, he continued to serve. Paul would ask people to bring him his scrolls. Remember when he was alone? All of those kind of things. Let me read to you to save some time. Toward the end of Paul's life, notice. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Uh, Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Now get Mark and bring him with you. Because he is helpful to me in the ministry. That's good because, see, Mark initially wasn't a servant. But he grew, changed, Paul changed, and he said, this guy has been a great servant to me. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. By the way, Timothy, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Understand something. As a pastor... People with the gift of service make my functioning and all the other pastors in this church possible. You don't realize how much we depend on people that serve us and come alongside us. Their function is just to be there for us. And because of that, I have the time to do some counseling, but mostly I have the time. I do some administration, give overall direction, but I have time to study this word. Do you realize that there's many pastors in our world that have very few people serving them? And so they can't do much of a job teaching because they're doing it all. I remember this well because, well, I was raised in a pastor's home. My dad, back in the 50s, he started in the 40s, ministering. Our church in the early 50s for the Assembly of Churches, a big church, we were up to 500 people. That was huge. He was the only pastor on staff, the only one for 500 people, and one secretary. That was it. And I can remember many times the grounds, all the things around the church, that was my dad's responsibility too. Now, my dad could delegate because he had two sons. (laughs) And uh, we were volunteers. I'm not sure I had the gift of service, but it didn't matter. And so I remember mowing the lawn. We lived in Michigan. I remember mowing mowing the lawn. I remember shoveling snow like crazy, ice, getting ready for the Sunday services. 
I remember all that. But I remember this too. In spite of all of that, doing all the things my dad had to do, I never heard him complain. He was a tremendous teacher. Oh, I wish you could have heard him. He was a little more of a preacher than I am. But he could real teach. Got his master's degree in counseling way back in the 50s, which was unheard of in Christian counseling. He was an administrator of a college, the Bible college. He was a brilliant man, but he was a humble man. I never heard him complain about having to do all of the work in the church. I often thought if he had more help, what in the world that church would have been. You see, the reason God has really blessed this church, well, there's lots, but one of them is you guys are incredible, so you love to come alongside us and help the pastors and the staff of this church. We couldn't do it without you. And you're such a real blessing to me, and I just want to thank you again. The reason I have an eye for detail is because of my dad and because of my mom. My mom was always raised in the ministry. Her dad was a minister. And so I have great heritage in a time when the pastors just, that's who they were. There was in a church, there was no like senior pastor. They were senior everything. They were the whole ball of wax. But I saw a work ethic and a love for people. And hopefully I've been able to emulate that in my life. Number five, servants have a high energy level. They tend to do more than ask. Now, if you say, well, I'm a servant, and somebody asks you to do this, and then they ask you to do this. If you don't mind, do this, that, and you're going to go, well, I really don't have time, and again, ball game over here, can't do that, and, you know, that's not into my thing or whatever. That's probably not your gift. Either that or you're lazy. I just have to speak frankly. Because, see, a servant, well, they have this energy level. They're going for it. Now, it doesn't mean they're like, like crazy, but they'll get it done. And they usually do beyond what you ask. That's a beautiful thing. Because that's what a servant is doing. They're not doing it because somebody's watching them. They're doing it because they get great pleasure from doing these kind of things. And they accomplish a great deal. They're not the people that are resting all the time. That's not the servant. Those are people that have been delegated to, got to do it, the job's there, so I do it. Number six, these people feel, as a servant, they feel great joy, great joy in doing things that are helpful. You see, it isn't the words they're going to say, their actions, they just love it. They're wired to do it. And here's the problem. They have difficult understanding why other people don't love to serve. So they see all these things happening and I'll make some more announcements tonight. We need people to serve here and um, this, that, and the other. And these people that are serving go, what is wrong with you? Because they feel everybody should have the same kind of desire. And so they get a little frustrated with that because of that area. Number Seven, a server has difficulty saying no. That's a positive thing. In a moment, you're going to see I use it as a negative thing. They're good at a task. They know they've been called to serve. Somebody makes an announcement. They're loyal. They can get to it. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark talked about the need for a leader 
to also have the qualities of a servant. He pointed out that Jesus, who is God, came to earth to serve mankind, ultimately giving his life to save everyone. You also found out that as a Christ follower, you are expected to display the qualities of a servant, even though that might not be your primary gift. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this segment of his series, Motivational Gifts, which covers the gift of serving. You'll hear more about the need for leaders to have the heart of a servant. Pastor Mark will talk about the need of humility and leadership. He will speak about the positives and negatives of having the gift of serving and how to find a good church home balance. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.